Good morning. We welcome you to Laurel Heights and hope that this season of the year <clears throat> will be very pleasant for you and for your family. I want to begin by citing the passage you see on the slide, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I want to address the subject of gratitude this morning, and perhaps your first thought is, aren't you a few days late? Thanksgiving was the other day. It is past. The holiday was the other day. Gratitude must always be present <clears throat> in our minds and in our lives, <clears throat> in the present and in the future. I'm thankful for water. See, the holiday is a day. Gratitude must be active in God's people before and after the holiday. Paul said, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I want to talk to you this morning about gratitude from the Bible. And the part of that subject I want to get hold of is the benefits of gratitude. It may be easy to forget about gratitude when you are arranging for travel, you're on the road, or you're baking pies, or you're thawing the turkey, or you are knee-deep in gravy and parades and football. But we need to remember it's called thanksgiving. My point is, before the annual holiday, during the holiday, and after the holiday, the biblical concept of gratitude must be active in our minds and our attitudes, our worship, and our lives. There is so much for us to be thankful for, spiritually, physically, personally. If God has blessed us in Christ, and he has, gratitude should be a constant. And here are some of the benefits. Gratitude helps you conquer envy. Envy is that destructive, resentful attitude that arises when you see what others have that you think you ought to have instead of them. Envy is not when you see something and simply think, I would like one of those. Envy is not just desire. It has this ugly element of resentment that others have what you believe you deserve more than them. And it can reach such deep resentment that you seek to deprive them of what they have, even if you don't get it. You just don't want them to have it, because you ought to have it. Envy does nothing for you, but make you unhappy 
and perhaps even hateful. You can envy someone's wealth, someone's status, someone's popularity, someone's knowledge, someone's skill, someone's husband or wife. It is that destructive, resentful attitude that arises when you see what others have that you think you ought to have more than they. Well, the Bible speaks strongly against that kind of juvenile, immature thinking. In Proverbs 14 and verse 30, envy is the opposite of a heart of peace. It is, in fact, referred to as the rottenness of bones. Envy, you see, will not provide you with the gain that you seek. The attitude will, in fact, destroy you from the inside out. If you want to dwell on something that will do you good, be thankful for what you have. Not just on the holiday, before the holiday, during the holiday, after the holiday, keep your mind washed out with the cleansing benefit of gratitude. And just decide that you're not going to play the comparison game. This is what they have that I ought to have. Don't even play that game. I remind you it is juvenile. You want something good to focus on? Make a list of your blessings. The song says it very well. Count your many blessings. I think what you'll discover is this. When you have your mind cleansed with gratitude and when you count your blessings and when you make a list of all the good things that you have, it will be like evil temptations such as envy will come to your mind <clears throat> and knock on the door and gratitude will answer the door and say, go away, he's busy, she's busy. Gratitude helps us conquer envy. Gratitude helps us defeat selfishness. I know you've heard preachers say many times that at the heart of all sin, there is selfishness. Scripture bears that out. Self is the assertion, uh, or sin is the assertion of self against God. Sin is my will be done, not his. At the heart of all sin, there is selfishness. And should we struggle with it, gratitude will help us defeat it. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2, mention is made of lovers of self. In Romans chapter 2 and verse 8, self-seeking. Do you think those people mentioned in those passages, lovers of self and self-seeking, do you think those people count their blessings and name them one by one? Are those people happy? 
Are they busy serving God and serving others? Do you think they spend quality time in prayer expressing gratitude to God? Do you think they read their Bibles on a regular basis with intention to obey and live under the authority of Christ? If I want to move away from envy and selfishness, I need to give better attention to my blessings and spend more time thanking God for all I have in such amazing abundance. The passage I led with says, be thankful in all circumstances. That means even when you feel some self-interest beginning to creep into your mind, you defeat it with gratitude. Gratitude has a way of cleansing your mind and taking you away from envy and selfishness and pride and arrogance. Did you hear this? There was a little boy who was asked by his father to pray at the table. And while the rest of the family waited for a long time, the little guy eyed every dish of food that his mother had prepared. Took his time to look over everything. And after that examination, he bowed his head and he honestly prayed, Lord, I don't like the looks of it, but I thank you for it and I'll eat it anyway. In Jesus' name, amen. Even when self-interest was starting to intrude into the little boy's mind, gratitude to God defeated that. Gratitude will deepen your relationships. I want to ask you to open your Bible to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. The Apostle Paul had such good friends in the faith. Now, he had a host of enemies <clears throat> outside the faith. But far more important, his many good friends in the faith. It was no contest. His brothers and sisters in Christ were far more powerful and useful to him than all his enemies put together. The power of God works among Christians who are united. And you can be sure Paul was thankful for Christians he had good relationships with. I'm reading Philippians 1 verses 3 through 6. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. I'm going to add verse 7. It is right for me to feel this way about you, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace. There, there is such a warm and soothing, peaceful tone in that passage. 
I remind you that Paul was in jail when he wrote this. What kind of letter would you write from jail? I wonder, I wonder how many prisoners in Roman dungeons wrote letters with this kind of gratitude. This was a thank you note written from a prisoner facing execution. There isn't any doubt, based on just this example, that gratitude will deepen your relationship with people. Unlike the grumbling and complaining Paul forbids in Philippians 2.14, this thankfulness will deepen your relationships with people. Thank God for the people who help you, who love you, who need you. Thank people who do what is right. Encourage them with your gratitude. Gratitude toward God and shared with others strengthens our relationships. Gratitude takes you away from sin. I'm headed over to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, where the Apostle Paul describes the fall, the decline of the world into sin by making choice after choice away from God. I want you to listen carefully to part of that. In Romans 1, beginning in verse 18, down through verse 22. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened, claiming to be wise, they became fools. I used to preach a sermon, How to Become a Fool. I read this text. I let Paul give the steps to become a fool. And of course, the tone of the entire sermon was irony to make a point about that pathway into foolishness in order to make the point to avoid the pathway into foolishness. Well, one step on that pathway away from God in verse 21, these sinners did not give thanks to God. That is such a simple thing. Other steps along that pathway, you expect to see suppressing the truth, 
not acknowledging God's creative work, not honoring God, all of that is expected. But then in the middle of that decline, away from God into sin, it has this very simple thing. They did not give thanks to God. Now, what we need to do is get hold of the opposite of that. Get hold of the opposite of that. The opposite of that is gratitude to God. Not just on one day of the year. That will help keep you from becoming a moral and spiritual fool. Gratitude draws you away from sin and gratitude draws you closer to God. I'm going to James chapter 4 and I'll read verses 7 and 8 in James chapter 4. Please, in your thinking, connect these last two points. Gratitude draws you away from sin and closer to God. James 4, 7 and 8. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. One way I purify my heart is to put gratitude there. Put gratitude in my heart to purify it and keep gratitude there. Gratitude toward God and gratitude toward others. When I am thankful, when I am grateful to God consistently, it brings me closer to Him. And as I draw near to Him, He draws near to me. That's the promise of this passage. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. And in my consistent thankfulness to God for what I have, I draw near to Him who made me and who redeemed me through Christ. James 1.17 is an excellent memory verse to go along with all this. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Illustration. Bible commentator Matthew Henry, after being robbed, wrote in his diary about the event. After being robbed, he wrote in his diary about the event. And he said, let me be thankful. First, because I was never robbed before. Second, because although they took my wallet, they did not take my life. Third, because although they took my all, it was not much. And fourth, because it was I who was robbed, not I who robbed. That's how intense and consistent gratitude ought to be in my mind, in my life, 
and your mind and your life. Please take a moment every day, maybe several moments, to consider how your life is enriched and empowered by being thankful to God. Devote some time each day to reflect on how good God has been to you. And put pencil to paper or pen to paper, even your electronic device, and make that gratitude list. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. One, one more thing or two. I hope each of you had a pleasant experience this week with your family. We certainly did in our family. But I also hope each one of us will commit to non-seasonal gratitude. That means gratitude that is not limited to this season. God is perfectly deserving of our praise our obedience to God be the glory. Thanks ought to be offered to God and to Christ for that event on the cross that offers redemption to sinners. We ought to be thankful for the Holy Spirit's work of revealing truth written in the Bible, not just one day of the year, consistent gratitude for every one of us is the pathway forward for us individually and for this local church. And I leave you with this. Karl Barth, one of the great writers on theological subjects of all time, was once asked to sum up in a few words all that he had written in the field of theology. And this was his summary of all that he had written in the field of theology. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. To God be the glory. Let's be standing as we sing.